This is episode 126 of the IDRA Class Notes podcast. I think our superintendent says it best uh, when he's promoting our campus and really the message we're trying to get out there to our students is you didn't finish high school, start college today. And we're serious about that. And it all begins on day one, setting that mindset, making sure that our students as they come in, they know that there's a purpose and that's to get them college ready. They're taking a different path. They didn't graduate because of state assessment, credits, or combination, but we're still going to help them get to that dream, and that's getting connected to college. Welcome to the IDRA Class Notes podcast. Today, you're going to hear the first part of an interview with Linda Carrillo, principal at College Career and Technology Academy, a high school in Far San Juan Alamo ISD where students who have dropped out or I failed to complete high school are given the opportunity to come back to school to earn college hours as they complete their degree. Okay, first, how long have you been at PSJ? I've been working in PSJ for about 14 years. 14 years. Is that your, how long have you been in education? 15. 15? 15 years. And as a principal, how long? Three years. Three years. Mm-hmm. And were you in the classroom? I was in the classroom before that. I taught elementary. I also was able to teach middle school. Mm-hmm and a summer of high school. After that, I was an academic high school counselor for about six to eight years. Then I became an assistant principal at PSJ North. After that, I was the founding early college director, the first in our district with a school within a school, and then I transferred here to CCTA. One of the things that I did in coming here to CCTA is bringing lessons learned from our early college high school and embedding those best practices here in our back on track campus for our dropouts because I truly believe that if they would have been in an early college high school setting, they would have gotten that structure that they need, that support system to be successful. So what we've done is embed that early college model here. And I'm talking about best practices. I'm talking about the instructional component and, of course, the College Connect. I'm stopping because it still always fascinates me because you're dealing with dropouts. Right. And you're basically speaking another language that most people don't use when describing what you need to do with dropouts. The regular language, as you well know, is bring them in, get their high school diploma, goodbye. That's or get their GED and or go go through NovaNet or one of the some Mm -hmm. sort of credit recovery or do the same thing that we've done except harder. We've seen it. We've seen it all, and it's always seemed to have like diminishing returns or if any returns at all. So that's why I like. Whenever I hear it again, it's always a little bit taken back. Like and I think our superintendent, Dr. King, says it best uh, when he's promoting our campus. And really, the message we're trying to get out there to our students is: you didn't finish high school, start college today. And we're serious about that. And one of the beauties about our campus is that I think that through the years we've really taken a different approach, a different direction, and it all begins on day one, setting that mindset, making sure that our students as they come in, they know that there's a purpose and that's to get them college ready. They're taking a different path. They didn't graduate because of state assessment, credits, or combination, but we're still going to help them get to that dream and that's getting connected to college. And now we're looking closer at getting them to complete college even before they leave us. So that's a transition that we're trying to, to college, move into. College ready, college connected. Connected, college, college complete. complete. 
And so when our students hit the first day here, we're already talking to them about college. We're already talking to them about expectations. We're already putting in place what we expect from them in the classroom. And let me give you an example of that. In a couple of weeks, we're going to find out who doesn't graduate from high school. And of course, we want all our students to graduate from our comprehensive high schools. But now the beauty is that we have this campus here where we can transition our students and keep them from being dropouts. So they have a place to come. And so the way it's going to work is in a couple of weeks, when we know who's going to graduate and who's not, what I'll do is I'll host an orientation here on our campus. And what we do is we have one day for each high school. Mm -hmm. I think it's real important that we make it purposeful, mm -hmm. that we give every single high school the attention they deserve, and that's why I do it that way. And so the students come in in a bus. We set all that up. The minute they walk down, the first thing they see is a college station. And so we have our transition counselor sitting there. We have personnel from STC. And we're already asking them, what college class do you want to sign up this summer? And these are the kids that didn't graduate. Right. And so they're thinking, like, I still have tears in my eyes. I didn't graduate. And you're asking me what college class I'm going to take. So it's really about that mindset and making sure that they know that you didn't graduate with your class, but the expectation doesn't change. We're still going to continue. And a lot of times I... I have conversations with the students and I tell them, you know, if you really stop and think about it, you might even be ahead of some of your friends because if you graduate in August and you start college this summer, you're going to have hours. How many hours are they going to have? They're probably not starting till the fall. So really making sure that we work with that mindset and making sure that the students know that, you know, the dream doesn't stop. And for some, the dream is just going to begin because some of them never even thought of college before for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so we do that with our students. Then we have another station or orientation session for them where the counselor really connects with the student. And so she gets to know the student, gets to know, you know, their background, their needs, and talks to them about our school. Then my favorite piece of the orientation is, we call it, we are CCTA. And in there, we embed the instructional strategies that we have throughout our school because we strongly believe that in order to get kids college ready, we need to give them the skills, the tools that they need to be successful, not only in the classroom, but as they begin their college classes or as they begin their career. Mm -hmm. And so we engage them in those instructional strategies and at the same time, reinforcing important things like attendance, tutoring, you know, giving them graduation data and making sure, most importantly, that they know this is how you learn here at CCTA. And I'm going to share that with you. I have some video. And basically what it is, is I'm sure you're familiar with the early college. It's the common instructional framework mm -hmm. where students are really the ones that are gearing their learning. Mm -hmm. And so these are kids who in the past would probably either, number one, never go to class. Number two, sit in class, but not engage. And here in our school, it's like you're going to be an active participant. And so from day one, that's something that we embed and that's a mindset that we create. So when we start school, the students aren't nervous when the teacher says, okay, turn and talk to your partner and share out what you just learned or we're going to do a writing to learn or let's get in collaborative group work or the teacher really scaffolds deep. So it's really about deep thinking, deep learning. Mm -hmm. And when the student walks the stage with their high school diploma, we want to make sure that they have some college hours in the bag and that they have the skills they need to be successful. So it's all a big puzzle. Mm -hmm. And I think that we've been able to problem solve, figure it out, and make it better every semester, every year for every single student. Mm -hmm. 
the uh, the common instructional framework. Let's say you didn't have something like the common instructional framework, or you didn't have something of that kind of professional development, or what you may be doing. Do you think there's something else that you were doing that would help you come to a same conclusion to the same type of learning? It's, it's, it's for example, I say one of these days, you know, jobs of the future, whoever just wasn't there anymore. What would you do instead? So knowing what we know now. Mm-hmm. Knowing, knowing exactly, knowing okay. what you know now. Okay, knowing what we know now, to be quite honest with you, the beauty of having instructional coherence, whether it's the common instructional framework or best practices or, you know, powerful strategies, because basically that's what CIF is. Mm-hmm. It's powerful strategies that push student learning. Mm-hmm. I think that within this campus, and I'm talking about our campus, it's so ingrained in our culture mm-hmm. that... That's just how we do things. Instructional coherence. Right. And Regardless of what method or model right. or whatever it is, that it's mm-hmm. coherent. Because our students are going from classroom to classroom with the same expectations. And these strategies are so powerful that they're going to help you when you transition to college or transition to the workplace. Because mm-hmm. we have to be able to be problem solvers. We have to be able to think and to make decisions. And so this is what the students are learning. With that said, another thing that we do here in our campus with the, the common instructional framework or instructional coherence at all is really making sure that our teacher's pedagogy mm-hmm. is at its best all the time. Mm-hmm. And we do that through instructional round. And basically what that is, instructional, instructional rounds, rounds, very similar to medical rounds mm-hmm. when the doctors go around and try to problem solve. Mm-hmm. But we do that here with our own teachers uh, teaching. Mm-hmm. And so I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff out there, but no, I want to no, tell no, you this, everything. No, this, no, this is <laughs> yeah. great. This is great. Because the, the reason I ask that is because mm-hmm. the last thing I think people should walk from, you know, PSJ thinking is, okay, we need to get common instructional framework and that's it. Right. When it's like, well, common instructional framework is great, but there's also, the, and you could find all sorts of other things right. that are great. What is it about the implementation of what you do and what you've learned? Exactly. Exactly. And you, and you kind of hit it when uh-huh. you were saying you know, instructional coherence mm-hmm. that everything, in, uh, actually in PSJ North, they said basically the same thing, that the expectations are the same no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. Right. And so here in our school, no matter what classroom you go into, no matter, you know, for the student, it, it makes sense because I don't have one teacher expecting one thing and another teacher. Students know that they will always be engaged in learning. Going back to the instructional rounds, it's not only helping build student thinking capacity, but it's also creating teachers that are at a much higher level in their pedagogy because now it's a teacher that becomes a host. And so the teacher has a problem of of their practice or problem of study. And so what they do is they come up with a learning question. For example... They get another group of teachers together. So let's say there's three teachers observing, and then we have the host. And so the host will come up with a learning question asking those teachers to come in and be an extra lens. And the other group of teachers is really there to just focus on the learning question and gather data. It's all about the data. And so a learning question could be as simple as, am I engaging all my students in academic language? Or it could be something... Are my students collaborating in the assignment that I'm doing? Give me proof, blah, blah, blah. It all depends. It depends on the teacher. Everybody looks for a different uh, learning question. And so the teachers come in. 
But before that, we have the pre-conference, so the teacher has a chance to talk about the learning question. This is what I would like, be, you know, my extra pair of lens. Then they go into the rounds where they do the observation, they gather the data, then we have the post-rounds where they share their data with the teacher. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.